0: She's a super geek as a proud member of the Misdirected Mark Network. to episode 85 of She's a Super Geek, the actual play RPG podcast highlighting women as GMs. Hello, I'm Emily, and on today's episode, my co-host Senda and I are joined by Megan Dornbrock to GM Iron Etta, currently on Kickstarter. Also joining us as a player is Iron Etta's creator, Tracy Barnett. Before we get started, a special thanks to all of our patrons, and especially today, Josh Wilson Ariel Weiss, and Time Paradox. Thank you so much. Sass Geek would not exist without you. Hey, everyone. Welcome
1: to She's a Super Geek. On today's episode, we are super duper lucky that um, my co-host Emily and I are going to be playing Iron Edda, run by our um, always friend Megan Dornbrock. We've had you on a lot recently.
0: <laughs> I don't mind. No regrets. We're
1: thrilled to have you again. <laughs> And this is a game by Tracy Barnett, who is also joining us. Hey, hey! Is there anything that you want, cool that you want to tell us about this game? We're expecting it to be on Kickstarter soon. I'm not exactly sure how it's going to line up with the release of these episodes, so we'll tell you about it in the show notes when we have the actual details. But uh,
0: Tracy, what's the what's the pitch?
2: The pitch is this: uh, Ragnarok happens in the form of 50 foot tall metal dwarven destroyers rising out of the ground.
0: Oh, that old story. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, that I mean that old chestnut humanity says oh gods oh gods what do we do and loki says hey i have this thing that i totally didn't steal from the dwarves that will let you bond the spirits of your bravest warriors to the bones of dead giants and you all can make this your own personal pacific rim
1: (laughs) right thanks loki
2: (laughs) (laughs) always helping yeah nothing has ever gone awry when you've uh, trusted loki with something
1: never never fantastic so that's what we're playing today we're going to be playing ironetta This is a system that is fate-accelerated based on the Dresden Mantle system. And with that, uh, Megan, if you are ready, I think I can hand it off.
3: Sure. So uh, I am going to be running this game uh, for Emily and Sunday and Tracy, who wrote it, which is not at all terrifying. Um, (laughs) It's going to be great and wonderful because everybody here are friends. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I mean, that's a little strong. I mean, I know we've been podcasting for, like, over three years, Senda, but...
2: <laughs> I'm, Senda, I think you need to, like, call the post office and get those friendship bracelets returned.
0: What's funny is I was actually on Amazon yesterday, and it was like, hey, look at these beautiful friendship rings. And I was like, oh, that's so adorable. And then I thought, no, that's too much.
3: <laughs> hey, we're going to play a game. You might be friends in the game. Mortal Enemies. You could do that, too, honestly. So we are going to – the game starts by building your holdfast, uh, which is more or less where you all are going to be um, kind of the center of your world here. Playing characters who are Viking-ish, usually humans, although there are exceptions to be made, uh, if, if that so interests you. A lot of this is collaborative. It starts with a lot of collaborative world building, answering questions, making a map, sort of fleshing out your world because every game of Iron Edda is going to be a little different. You know, every group is going to play differently, even though some of the rules of the world are the same. So we start by building our specific version of this world, and then we're going to kind of find your characters along the way. So we have a presentation sheet that we are working within, and I'm just going to go ahead and say, for the sake of ease, to uh, orient this as we would a map, uh, the top is north, bottom is south, and so on and so forth. Uh, And we will... I'm I'm sure we could possibly make this... uh, this what will eventually be a beautiful drawing uh, available. It's going to be gorgeous. Yeah, this is an audio medium, so we'll try to describe (laughs) as best as we can along the way. Yes. Cool. So... We start we're going to be answering some questions about this holdfast. And actually, I can tell you a little bit. These holdfasts are in Midgard, and that is where most of this action is going to take place. There's nine major rivers that run through Midgard, and they're almost always going to be accessible from, from a holdfast or from where you are, because they are... The life of this culture. There's uh, lots of fishing, lots of boating. The rivers are more efficient and, and easy to maintain than, say, roads that sort of thing. Uh, so they are they are the lifeblood of Midgard. And we've got the northern regions, which are very cold. Uh, lots of stone buildings. They are Northerners have like a lot of tight family units. Disagreements are settled through fighting and and you know uh, shows of of power. Uh, then you've got sort of the middle regions, which are lots, lots more fighting seems to be happening sort of in these, these middle, less frozen areas of mid, of Midgard. And you've got the south, which is kind of different. It's, it's a lot more lush and green down there, and there's a lot of trading that happens, a lot of, um, merchantry, and the folks down there kind of settle disputes less less with fighting and more with words and and quote uh arguably reasonable courses of action depending on uh your point of view (laughs) oh that's boring exactly
2: reasonable for vikings yeah you know
3: um And so each, uh, holdfasts are common throughout all, all of these reasons, regions, of course, that they just may look a little bit different. And they're overseen by a jarl. Uh, they may be like a fortress with walls, or they could just be sort of a, like a more rural area, a collection of houses kind of held together by uh, a common interest, that sort of thing. So that gives you guys a little bit of an idea what your, what your environment might look like.
1: It's fair.
3: I'm gonna start building our hold fast by answering some questions. There's four of us, so we'll all do that. All four of us. Does anybody have a particular desire to go first? I will go first. All <laughs> right, Sanda. That's a good host. Yay! <laughs> cool. So there's lots of different uh, kinds of, of questions you could be answering here, and we're gonna find that out by rolling some fate dice. Hey! No. Yeah. <laughs> so if you would for me, please, Sanda, roll two fate dice. Two of them, huh? Two of them, please. I got minus one.
2: What do the faces read?
3: Oh, they read minus and nothing. Minus and nothing. Okay. So a nothing and a minus should be blessings of the gods. Oh, good. Which is exciting. So then we just, we're we going to find out if this is a question about the future, the present, or the past. So roll one fate die for me. Okay. And I got minus. A minus. So it's about the past. Okay. And to find out which specific question, roll two more for me.
1: I'm going to stop using this particular one before we start playing at this rate. Oh my gosh. Seriously,
3: I got a plus and a minus. The same die is rolling minus. I'm not using this set. (laughs) So, Senda, your question is, new knowledge from the Petruvian Empire makes it possible to create stone roads from holdfast to holdfast. (gasps) How is construction taking place with the war? Why do the dwarves seem so keen to disrupt it? Wow. Good questions. <laughs> yeah, that one digs into a lot of lore that I did not go into. That's and Tracy, okay. If you want to embellish any of, of that for context, please
2: feel free.
1: I mean, otherwise, you're just going to get whatever comes to my brain. And
2: <laughs> Totally fair. Uh, the Petruvian Empire lies along the southern border of Midgard, and it's essentially the analog to the Roman Empire. Right. So Midgard is surrounded by a bunch of countries that are all analogs to cultures that Vikings really interacted with in our world. So the roads in question, um, you know how there are still like concrete style roads that the Romans made that are still yep. like functional yeah. somehow. Yep. It's that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. And, and now we're getting this knowledge somehow, right. which probably means we're in the Southern part of Midgard.
3: Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. thinking
2: uh, from there. As Megan was saying, the floor is yours.
3: Okay, now I'm sorry, because you have to read the question again. <laughs> Just the last part, the question part. Uh, how is construction taking place with the war? And why do the dwarves seem so keen to disrupt it?
1: Right, so um, there's actually basically teams of people. Um, they're sending they're sending folks out as both builders, basically with um, a troop of armed guards with them every time. Um, and, and it's a pretty big troop of armed guards at this point because it's been an ongoing issue that the dwarves do want to destroy the roads. The problem is that with these roads in place, everywhere that we've already gotten them in place, we're able to move both goods and people much faster to, um, to actually confront the dwarves. So they don't want them because it gives us significantly more mobility in the war against them. So it's like one of those key points they're trying to take out to make sure that, you know, that we don't get the upper hand.
3: Okay. On our map, then, do we have a road that goes to our hold vest? I'm just going to go ahead and say yes. Do you want me to put it on here? Mm
2: Mm-hmm. And anything that you want to put down, sender, that represents your answer goes on there.
3: Uh, And for our non-visual audience at home, we now have a road... Uh, To the west of our Holdfast that kind of goes northwest to southeast, roughly. It's a little wiggly. It's a little cool. Yeah, it's got a wobble to it. It's a good road. I'm into it. Yeah, something like that. Hey, Holdfast wobble, but they don't fall down. That's right. (laughs) Uh, Who would like to do the next question?
0: Uh, I'll go next. Next. I don't want to go after the creator. Yeah, you should
1: go last. (laughs) Sorry.
2: (laughs) I'm probably going to roll my question and just be like, ah, I don't know. (laughs) Did I write that
1: question? Or you're going to roll your question and be like, oh, it's this question. Here's the answer.
3: (laughs) Uh, All right, Emily. So roll two die for me, please. Minus and uh, nothing. So that is another blessing of the gods. Okay. Do you want me to roll again? If you want. It's up to you. Okay. A plus and a nothing. All right. So a plus and a nothing is political maneuvers. Woohoo! right. I feel strongly about these. Yeah, you do. (laughs) Uh, All right. And again, we're going to find out if it's in the past, present or future. So if you'd roll one die. Uh, Nothing. So it's in the present. So this is something happening right now. Uh, And then two more again.
0: Negative and a positive.
3: An emissary approaches the holdfast from a long-standing rival. What is the emissary offering? How is the Jarl reacting to the emissary's approach? How are the people reacting? Those are great questions, Meg.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well phrased, well posed, and well deserving of answers.
3: They are, Tracy. The people
0: are tired of infighting. They think we should focus on the dwarves and fighting the dwarves and would rather see us in combat with those who are actually our opponents. You know, it's the whole divided, we are weaker, we are stronger together. And so they are very open to this embassy. I'm going to say this emissary is a holdfast to the north, and they really want a road built between their holdfast and our holdfast, because we have a, you know, we got a road. But the Jarl is not convinced the emissary is making they they didn't come alone they came with, with with some gifts and of course they're not you know extra, extremely lavish or extravagant they're very practical gifts given the situation we're in mm-hmm. so and promises of sharing crops and sharing labor and the the people are on board the Jarl is not and the embassy, but the embassy is still there the embassy thinks that they can win over the Jarl.
3: was that all the parts of the question I think so. I think that's pretty good for right now. We might explore more about that. So uh, so they're still here in the Holdfast. Do you want to mark that in some way?
0: Sure. So they're in a, I don't want to say secured area. They're actually in the least secure area because we don't want them to go into the secure area because the Jarl is like, hey, no. So they're like in visitor quarters that are out by the road. And the emissary's name is um, Kelvin.
3: Hmm. Okay. We're probably in the South. We've got kind of a an interesting mix of people. You never know. You may have some heritage from non-Norse. <laughs> Wait, is that a... Should I be gasping at that? No. <laughs> okay. Never mind. I mean, you could if you want. I'm just saying. Anything's possible.
2: I clutch my stone pearls. <laughs> the setting is very uh, cosmopolitan and uh, also completely uh, gender equitable.
0: Uh, Of course it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Is there a different word for a female Yarl or are they all just
2: Yarls? They're Yarls. It's a completely gender neutral term. Cool.
3: I have our Jarl as Yarl Carl, but I can take that back if <laughs>
2: <laughs> Oh, so my funny story. Yeah. I'm running this game uh a campaign with for my home group for my own podcast, and they had a series of questions that ended up with them having um a Jarl who is actually triplets, and they (laughs) sub in the right Jarl for the right situation, which is why the Jarl seems so wise. And they named the Jarls, all three of them, Carl, Kjarl, and Carol. (laughs) Good. Very good. Wow. Okay. Yep.
3: So maybe we should name our Jarl not Carl. (laughs) Emily, if you want to say anything about the identity of the Jarl, you're welcome to, or we may find out some more later. I'm gonna say that the Yarl
0: looks a lot like the the dad from the How I Met Your Dragon movie, or How I Trained My Dragon. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know, he he he's not too young, but he's also not old. He he's in he's in that sort of nice, sturdy, middle aged range where we feel like we have longevity, but we still have wisdom.
3: Okay. And now I'm trying to think of a Norse name.
2: Meg, would you like me to uh, roll my dice?
3: Sure. Why don't we do that while we're while we're naming our Yarl? Sure. (laughs) IKEA names. Oh boy. Yeah. Everything well. (laughs) uh, Everything in our holdfast is now named uh, an IKEA name. IKEA. (laughs) Yeah.
2: I got two pluses.
3: Two pluses hanging
2: in the balance. And then I got a blank. So the present. A plus, or sorry, a uh, blank and a minus. All right, a blank and a minus. What's up?
0: Jarl flatneffer. He has a flat nose.
2: <laughs>
3: <laughs> he broke it at one point in battle. And it got smooshed. Okay. This is- Excellent. A blank and a minus? Uh, yes. The Jarl's treasury has been depleted by the war. To what lengths will the Jarl go to cover the loss? How will this affect the war?
2: I am going to say that our flat-nosed Jarl is one who will go to almost any length possible to keep the hold fast together. So the road has been eating up most of the money, right? The, this, the, the new materials, while we have a lot of the raw goods available, it's still an expensive proposition. They have to be protected. The dwarves are mm-hmm. raiding more. And now this other holdfast wants us to build another road to them. And if if effort is going to acquiesce to this, it's going to bankrupt the entire holdfast. Oh, so I would say that. And which to hit the second part of the question, that would completely tank the war effort, right? Because yeah. we're talking basic provisions just to defend the holdfast wouldn't be available. So if the jarl does agree to follow the will of the people and complete this road to this, you know, once rival in the region, something's going to have to happen to get an influx of cash of liquid capital into the holdfast. Yeah. fast. So someone else is going to have to get raided. Maybe it's a Dwarven camp. Maybe mm. it is a different rival hold fast that are just absolute jerks. Um, maybe it is striking a trade deal with Petruvian merchants. Something's got to give though, because if we don't have goods and supplies coming into the hold fast or we're toast.
3: Um, Tracy, do you want to put the Jarl's treasury or the Jarl's uh, headquarters on the map, maybe? Or something like yeah, that?
2: Yeah, let me take a look here. I've forgotten my own my own uh, procedures here.
3: No worries.
2: I'm actually just going to get a, a funky little shape up over here and label it as the site of... Need a raid slash trade yeah yeah so wh- wherever whatever needs to happen it's gonna happen over here um I don't know what this space is geographically, we can decide or Meg can decide as we're as we're doing this um and then uh just for for fun and and interest um I'm gonna draw a line here real quick, and I'm gonna say that it's at least. Two days travel between the holdfast and whatever this place is—be it a trade meet or something else. All right. There we go. Two days travel. Since we have, since our map is very abstract.
1: It is very abstract.
2: Yeah, and it also doesn't use the road. Yeah. Important to note that yep. whatever whatever this place is, it's overland.
3: Right. Then let's see. Let me do a question as well, so we have some more to work with. Excellent. All right. So plus and minus are sword talk, axe talk, which I'm into uh, in the present. Plus and a blank. So I've got two warrior clans are feuding. Which clans are fighting and what is the source of their strife? Can anything
2: end it?
0: I'm sure something can end it.
3: Mm Mm-hmm. I mean, mass murder
0: might be the answer.
3: Yes.
2: Is the solution to and the cause of so many problems.
3: So, I know that we've mentioned we have an emissary from one of our own rivals visiting us, Mm -hmm. but I don't think we are actively feuding in this way right now with them. Uh, There may be some distrust, but I don't think this question is going to be about us and our emissary. I think it is about two neighboring holdfasts.
2: Uh, Uh, For reference, the word clan in this question usually means one of the nine warrior clans. Which are which are ubiquitous across Midgard. So if you want, and it can be other hold. Obviously, it's your question, but can also be internal it, strife within just our holdfast.
3: That's right. Ooh. Okay, thank you. Yeah, that makes a lot of sense. We didn't touch on that. There are those those nine clans that your character is going to be from one of them, and they can all kind of exist within a holdfast. They're like it's like joining a frat, <laughs> kind of like you you pick the one you identify with, mm-hmm. and that's what you join. So there's like the, the clan of the wolf and the sparrow and, and different things. Like they're all identified by an animal and they're, they're kind of ideal. So that is a good point. So we've got clans within our own holdfast and I think, let me pull up what their, um, ideals are. Flipped right through it. Look at that. Nice. Senda, you mentioned that the, the road building, they have to be guarded. Yeah. And so I think our dispute is between the clan of the bear and the clan of the snake. And there is a difference of opinion on how our resources need to be protected. From my understanding, so clan of the bear, powerful and proud, the bears are the most widespread clan. Uh, They're natural leaders. Bears protect any in their territory. Uh, they seem to me to be very much a straightforward type of warrior, whereas the clan of the snake is a bit more roguish, um, sneaking around, lots of poisons and poisoned weapons and that sort of thing. Uh, so I think there are fewer, uh, fewer snakes than there are bears, but they, they are employing tactics that our southern holdfast doesn't agree with. Uh, we're not as brutal as some of the, the you know, the holdfasts in the north of Midgard. And our bears are not cool with what's going on. I think right away the, the thing that's going to end it is the need to be doing this job at all, to be protecting the roads as, as severely as we are. Um, but that's not going to happen anytime soon. Since we're protecting them from the dwarves, long-term goals. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't. So I think. Yeah, I think this can end, but it's not going to be anytime soon, unless somehow we can come to some sort of compromise on on how to do this task. I'm trying to think how to best mark this on the map. Um, I think we've got. Oh, I see down here. So that is actually a pretty good having a, an encampment. Outside of our holdfast, that's sort of along the road, maybe where some construction is taking place currently. Bear v snake. So, characters. We have put down a lot of interesting information about our holdfast and this uh, and our peoples within it. And so, your character could be the jarl. Your character could be uh, one of the bear clan who's in- involved in this feud it could be the emissary or or someone completely different but now that we've got a sense for uh some of the people within this holdfast, you can take it from there what what seemed interesting to you that you would like to explore with your character um so that's how we do this starting with kind of a an overall um what's it called high concept yes Thank you.
2: Yeah. um, We'll need to each pick our destiny first.
3: Oh, okay. Yes.
2: That way we know sort of who we're shaping into the situation. Um, And I will say that for a one shot, some of the more challenging uh, ones to integrate in are like the crafter, the farmer, the merchant. Um, Mm -hmm. I I will also add the bandit into that mix, even though that's what I'm leaning towards, just because I want (laughs) to see it in play.
0: Well, you're allowed. You know things. Fair enough. So. <laughs> oh good. I was looking at the
3: Scald. Yeah. Yeah.
2: The Scald is great for a one shot, um, so is the Rune Scribed and the Sheer the Seer and the Bone Bonded and so forth. Those others are just better suited for campaign play because they're a little bit slower burning.
3: So we've got Scald is sort of like a bard. Yeah. have got a seer, which I mean is exactly what it sounds like. Bone bonded being the the warrior that is bonded to the bones of a giant, and you have to kind of compete with the the leftover essence of that giant. Sorry, you you guys actually both already have things that you're leaning towards.
1: I'm now with those constraints thinking about how to do this. Be a bone bonded. Yeah, I'm kind of thinking <laughs> I should just be that because it's sort of like the one of those like really key differentiated class things. Yeah. For this game in this world. So,
0: and it's important for the setting. If you want, you can be the bard and I'll be the bone bone bonded. No,
1: I'll be the bone bonded. I'm totally fine with that.
0: Thank you. I've been playing a lot of punchy characters recently.
1: Yeah, no, I'll play punchy character. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Send a smash. Send a smash!
2: I'm gonna give the bandit a shot, because that, I think, is gonna be a lot of fun.
3: And we can always force plot. Okay. So let's talk high concepts. This is sort of your most true thing about you. Tracy,
1: can I ask you a question, setting-wise? Mm-hmm. So, um, reading through this do you... You can rearrange your giant's bones. Wow. <laughs> Sweet.
2: Uh-huh.
1: Um, <laughs> so, but, it, but you actually summon that. So, like, day-to-day, you are normal-sized and normal person.
2: Yep. Just a person. And then whenever you check a box of your sum of the bones condition uh, for that scene, you can operate at giant scale. Uh, because the bones rise up out of the ground, your body gets covered in a, f- a fire, the color of your choosing, you choose it once and it's always that color. Uh, and then literally, it's like Pacific Rim, as you move your arm, so does the giant move.
1: Right. And are you contained then inside of the giant?
2: You float in the rib cage.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Alright. <laughs> uh-huh. Okay, good. Um, That's cool. Having clarified that... <laughs>
3: I'm also super into like what the bone bonded equivalents are in other regions it's It's very cool. like if you're an elf, you like fuse with a tree.
2: uh-huh.
1: so um so I guess uh, would it be reasonable of me to say something like, my physical self doesn't have to be able to take the actual strain of like the bone bonded mm. itself, right?
2: No, no, not at all.
1: Right. So, okay, sorry. So, thinking about my high concept, that's where I'm going.
2: The one thing to keep in mind, which may not come up in a short game, is that your giant has a worldly desire. Yeah. Something it misses about being alive, and to get boxes of some of the bones back, you have to indulge in that worldly desire. Right. So, maybe think about what your physical form can bear in that regard.
1: Right. Well, (laughs) that just made me, like, laugh evilly, is what that did. Uh Uh-huh. Because, like, uh uh-oh. (laughs)
0: <laughs> if this is exactly what Sanda just asked, I apologize. Are the the Bone Warriors? Is this like a uh, a Gundam Wing thing where you jump into the suit?
2: Yeah, you you just you just summon the bones and they rise up out of the ground.
0: Uh, let's see. I think I'm a former spy, so I I really like this. I saw this on the name site. It's not it's not an old Norse name, but uh, it's Yennefer. Mm-hmm. So I think. Um, Jarl Yennefer is our northern neighbor, so I think I was a bard up in her place. Yeah. Feeding information down to our guy. Yeah. And found out, chased out. And now I'm waiting on my paycheck.
1: (laughs) I am thinking my high concept might be something like though she be but small, she is fierce. (laughs) Nice.
2: Tiny but deadly.
1: Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that can work. I'm going to go with that for the moment, and then if I get more specific as we go, then I will update.
3: Okay.
2: Um, mine is going to be Disgraced Former huskarl. So I was, at one point in time, like the right-hand person to a Jarl. Mm. Maybe not this Jarl, mm-hmm. a Jarl at some point in time, and I left that life for one reason or another, and the shame lingers with me, so banditry is all that is left me.
3: Ooh, okay.
2: And I've got a name for myself, which is Grin of the Fells.
3: Oh, names, names, names. Tracy always comes up
2: with really good ones, so... Also, aspects are kind of like my superpower, so if Mm -hmm. if you need help...
1: Well, you've been, you know... Doing it a bunch.
2: I've been doing Aspects for Iron Atta for about five years now, it turns out.
1: Yeah. Turns out it's a thing you get better at with practice, right?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: I came up with Greedy Ex-Spy Thrill Seeker.
1: Mmm. I feel like I should get more specific about my concept. Is that too much for a high concept? Yeah, I don't think so. I think mine is actually not specific enough, is what I was saying.
2: I might br- break Thrill Seeker out into your trouble, but...
1: yeah. Okay, I'm gonna use a name that is dis- it's distinguished as masculine, but I'm going to not play a masculine person. <laughs> hey, live your life. I know, right? I'm such a rebel. So I'm gonna use um Linny. What else gets kind of that idea? Well, I mean it's it's tiny eh, tiny but deadly. And um It's just, I feel like there should be something in there about my background, which I haven't figured out yet.
0: If you want to be part of Clan Bear, I'm totally part of Clan Snake.
1: Oh, hells (laughs) yes.
0: That's a thing. Mm. I feel like I'm actually playing the character you normally play, Senda. Uh Uh-huh.
2: Well, the other thing, Senda, is you actually don't have a clan anymore. Oh,
1: right. I don't, but I used to.
2: Yeah. So maybe even having been from the same clan is as dramatic.
0: Mm -hmm. Right. Wait, why don't you have a clan? Because I have a giant instead. Oh, okay. Sorry. I missed that part.
2: When the giant bond was formed, her bond with the clan was broken.
0: Fair.
3: Okay. That's what happens when you have a giant skeleton. You don't need a clan. (laughs) People don't like you very much anymore because you're too powerful and scary. Mm Mm-hmm.
1: So I think she was a bear, Mm -hmm. but she was really, like, tiny. Yeah. She's pretty diminutive, and so nobody ever took her seriously. Ooh. And now she's got this, like, giant skeleton thing. I think her trouble is going to have something to do with, like, a short Mm. temper about being not taken
3: seriously. Yeah, you're looking for respect through power. Yeah. That
0: always works out. Uh, Always.
2: Now you see my true power?
1: Yeah, that's my trouble.
2: (laughs) And, I mean, for a high concept, hot-tempered former bear...
1: Yeah, like, that's, I think that's what it's gonna be. Tiny. (laughs) We're gonna go.
2: Weave in all kinds of things for Megan to compel, yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, I know, like, (laughs) all of them, please. Doesn't
0: this make you mad, Sanda? (laughs) I don't know, drop me a fate point. (laughs) How is this for, uh, my trouble? Thrill-seeking, compulsive liar. (laughs) Yeah, that seems like a good one. Mm -hmm. That's a lot of trouble. (laughs) I made a great spy until I didn't. I'm a greedy ex-spy, thrill-seeking, compulsive liar, Snake. Snakey, snakey,
1: snakey, snake. snake. Okay, since I don't get a clan, what do I need to put down for the giant bond? Giant's name?
2: It is an aspect that describes your relationship with the giant that lives in your head.
1: Okay, so like how I actually interact with... Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. that presence in a very headspacey
3: kind of way. Yeah.
2: Uh-huh.
3: Very headspacey. Right. Yeah. It could be really good or really bad. <laughs> Ghosts in the headspace.
2: Yeah, the bo- the bones can come and go, but the giant is always with you.
3: Oh, good.
2: Like, 100% always with you.
3: Maybe they're a bad influence. Maybe you're best friends. <laughs> right.
2: Maybe you're like a, a bickering married couple.
1: I know, I kind of was leaning in that direction. I was kind of suddenly envisioning them in my head like my cat. Like, just they're constantly in the way. <laughs> yes. constantly, like, I, j- I need to go there, like, whatever it is. But I'm not sure how to turn that into a mental space instead. So bickering married couple might be the correct way to do that.
2: <laughs> or
0: always in my way.
2: Because that can cut both directions, too.
1: Yeah, that's really true. But, like, I th- it's one of those weird, like, we're companionable because it's been you know a while but it's like too many chefs in the kitchen like you know somebody's already t- always trying to get in the silverware drawer like while you're cutting on the counter too many the silver cooks. <laughs> too many
3: cooks i think that's what it's going to be
2: too many cooks in my mental kitchen
3: yeah what's your trouble senda my trouble is
1: now you see my true power <laughs> mm.
3: yeah excellent all right.
2: And Emily, would you like the aspect to go along with the snake clan in your little box there?
0: Sure. We're in, where do they go? Uh, right under trouble. Oh, okay. I just put snake. Yes.
2: Yep. There you go. Hide, wait, strike, bite. Oh, yeah. Um, uh, and I went with uh, clan yeah. of the sparrow for mine, mm-hmm. uh, which is words of the true weapon.
3: And did we talk about your trouble? Because I saw you sneak that in there. <laughs> oh, you know, we didn't talk about it yet.
2: <laughs> I went with what is probably like both the easiest and one of the richest troubles <laughs> you can do in Iron Edda, which is Chosen of Loki. You could do blessing of Loki or Curse of Loki. It all equals about the same thing. Uh yeah. So I went with I went with Chosen of Loki for my trouble. Probably has some reason that that ties into what their disgrace is. Pronouns are they and them for whatever it's worth.
3: Okay, yeah, why don't we mark that on this
2: sheet, too, so I know.
0: Sorry, I was researching Nordic instruments. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like you do. I mean, that's important, because the next thing is your sacred item, which is going to be something that is important to your character, uh, like, either a physical thing, or it could be something a little more, um, like, ephemeral. And it it should be... Something important to you, something that connects with your past, uh, but also something that I can use to compel you. (laughs) So would something like um, my, uh, well, let me, let me give you the ones from the examples from the, the text then. Uh, It could be my father's axe, the Jarl's armband, could be something like my mother's last words. The item should have history to it.
1: Actually, the thing I was going to throw out there is I was going to say um, my mother's runestone necklace. Ooh. I was just about to make her deceased, but I shouldn't do that to myself today, so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that was a, that was a, an internal in-my-head X card is what just happened.
0: She's retired to the countryside.
1: I put her out to pasture?
0: <laughs> she put herself out to pasture.
1: No, I think she's actually a seer. Oh, okay. Mm. That's cool. She doesn't go outside the
0: holdfast anymore. I'm vacillating between one of these Norse liars, which are different than I think of a liar, which is super cool, or a um, pan flute. But I like liar. I think that that's very Norse.
3: That seems good to me. That's a nice play on your tendency to lie. Uh Uh-huh. It has some of that, too. Yeah, there's that, too, maybe.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, uh, my nickname... Well, I go by Yelva the Liar Player. Uh Uh-huh. There you go. And so sometimes people are like, Yelva the
1: Liar... She's just Yelva the Liar. (laughs) That's what they whisper behind your back. That's good.
3: I like that. What did you pick, Tracy?
2: I went with the axe of Jarl Elsebet, who is the Jarl to whom I was the Huskarl. And it has her like her blacksmith etched her seal into the axe. so it's extremely distinctive. like it, it is a Jarl's axe and it looks like nothing but that. So whenever it's drawn it you know draws eyes and, oh. and reminds everyone of right. of the past that that uh, Grin has.
3: Cool. So the group aspect these are mm-hmm. your bonds kind of like from other games. They're gonna go in one direction, so wh- whoever basically has an idea first for their their connection to another player, as there's only three of you, it's gonna go. And mm-hmm. yeah, let me see if here we go. Yeah, every every group aspect will have another character's name in it. So uh, like Narfi saved my life, or Osgrid owes me big. Yeah, this coming from the former bear. <laughs> and of course, yes, pulling from previous plot threads, highly encouraged, Snake and Bear. I think she saved my life.
1: Yeah, I was like, actually, I was actually thinking you owe me big is
0: what I was going to put down. So what happened with Jarl Yennefer was I got found out as a spy and a liar uh, and had to run for my life. Luckily, Linny mm-hmm. was nearby and i ran into her uh while i was being hunted and she took out the entire hunting party so i am a compulsive liar with a life debt
3: yeah and i don't let you forget it
1: (laughs) Yeah. okay so you
3: guys have your your group are pointing at each other right now
1: yeah is that okay no or do we need to we
0: should point one of them so yeah I can have the life debt to you, and then you can you can have
3: something with Grin. Right. So then I'll come up with something else. Because you can tie all of that up into one of these, but we can't have both of them being it.
1: Yeah. No, I typed it first.
3: <laughs> and then she typed it too. Mm-hmm. Oh, I saw. Don't make me turn this roleplay around. <laughs> I can have a different one. No, 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 no,
0: no, 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 no. I already erased it. It's digital. <laughs> okay.
1: Uh-huh. I know. I already erased it. Okay, so let's see, Grin of the
0: Fells. Let's see, what would I do with them? Could Grin be related to the giant in your head? Or the bones? I don't know if that makes any sense in terms of the setting. Uh, Not really. All right, that's it.
2: If I'm being honest, (laughs) yeah. um, But I could easily have had some responsibility in your getting the bone bond.
1: Yeah.
2: That's totally a thing since I'm the chosen of Loki.
1: Oh boy, yeah.
2: Well, how people gain bone bonds is is also left up to a lot of player determination.
1: Right. So, shrug. Cool. I think that you um I th- so here's what I let me know if this makes sense. I think you actually imbued my mother's necklace? Okay. Which I always wore already, right? Like, it's a, it's like a little stone that has the runes on it for destruction and luck. And I just, like, on a leather thong mm-hmm. around my neck. And I think that, like, you maybe had a Loki moment
2: <laughs> uh-huh.
1: with my necklace. So the necklace is actually um, the thing that allows me to summon the bones. So it is an external yeah. thing that's on my person all the time. And then, like, the, the personality of the giant, like, lives in the necklace, So I have a physical manifestation, like, that I can,
3: like, yell at or something. Cool. So, yeah. It's your magical girl transformation item.
0: Giant bone jewelry makeup! (laughs) And then my fingernails shine, and then...
2: (laughs) My hair gets really lustrous and turns pink.
1: With blood. Right? And, like, giant curls. Yeah, no.
2: My giant's hair is fabulous. Okay.
3: (laughs) I'm gonna try and keep that part under control, I'm not gonna make you like.
2: <laughs> yeah, and I'm not. I'm not pumping the brakes on that particular vehicle.
1: Okay, so I would say <laughs> grin, imbued. My necklace is not maybe the right word. I haven't come up. What is the right word for like on the like leather thong like? It's like an amulet or some amulet. Choker, might be, Like I'm not envisioning a choker. Jeez.
2: Maybe just uh. Rather than focus on the physical description, like, Grin bound me to the bones.
1: Right. Yeah, that makes more sense.
2: And and I have a, a question that I just want to personally know as the person who's playing Grin. Yeah. Was this something you chose? Or did it happen to you?
1: That's super-duper interesting, and I actually think the answer is that in the moment I chose yes, but in any given moment... It was a yes that was given at a moment of hot-tempered reaction mm-hmm. that I have since regretted off and on, depending on where I am in my emotional state. Wonderful. That's fair.
2: I like the consent and also the regret of the choice.
1: Right. Like, I gave you consent, but it was not consent made with a perfectly clear head, right? Right.
2: Right. Well, and that means that from my group aspect, I need to loop back around to Yelva of the Liar.
0: The of is very important.
2: Yeah. Uh, if Yelva is cool with this, I know why Yelva left her previous holdfast.
0: Other than I was a spy who got chased out?
2: Right, but I would imagine you don't make that public knowledge. Um, no. The actual specifics, I mean, I know the real deal. Were you the one who betrayed me? Yes, I am totally the one who betrayed you because Yennefer and Elisabeth were partners and co-ruled that holdfast.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. Nice.
2: <laughs> I was the Carl and I was loyal to Elisabeth and you were the spy and you were loyal to Yennefer and I outed you and everything blew up around us and we both had to get the fuck out.
0: Yeah. Okay. So I was Yennefer's spy against Elisabeth.
2: I'm probably not against Elisabeth. Oh, okay. But obviously, if you're a spy, and I'm... Your loyalties conflict, right? Mm -hmm. Sure. And I saw that you were double dealing with somebody, whoever it might... Probably not Elisabeth, but someone. And so, I lit the match that burned down that whole situation.
0: We'll see if I find that out. (laughs) Fair enough.
2: And I think to make it poetic, how about... I burned the bridges behind Yelva.
0: Yeah, that's a good one. I'm not here entirely by
3: choice, either. (laughs) None of us are. (laughs) Loki? It's our entire... I have this
1: image of myself that Megan Drew is up on my bookshelf looking down at me. Mm -hmm. And it's me as Loki kittens. And every time we say Loki, I'm like, but I am (laughs)
3: Loki. That's a different game, honey.
0: I
1: know, but it was so good.
3: So I'm getting this picture of our holdfast as being sort of a refuge for, uh. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that seems accurate. Questionable folks. Our, our Jarl is, uh. very patient.
0: <laughs> or he's he's very focused on something else. Also
3: possible. So, Tracy, what you working on over there?
2: Uh well, so the the bandit has a few uh extra things that they start with and I wanted to have those available to you. So, the first uh, one of the first conditions that the bandit has is called ragtag scoundrels. And it is a it's a single box condition that starts off marked and the only time it gets recovered is if uh something really bad happens to your bandit troop. So I made uh, Grin's Lifters. That's the name of my of my bandit troop. Um, I made the mechanics super simple. Um, they're a little more complicated than this in practice, but I didn't want to mess with it for a one-shot. So if they are thieving or grifting, they roll that at a plus two. Uh, if they are attempting to be orderly or surrender, they roll that at a minus two. Uh, everything else is just a straight zero. They have six stress boxes. They get the in peril and the doomed conditions. That's the four and the six you see there. They're technically a major NPC, so they'd be made just like any of us would. But that was, that's too much for right now. Um, and then and then on the map, um, I added the Mead Hall to the uh, Holdfast creation map. And I blocked out a little corner in purple there. It's Grin's Corner. Because the bandit also gets a hideout. It's a place where you and your companions can take shelter when needed. It can be anywhere in or around the environs of the Holdfast uh, right, an aspect to reflect the nature of this location, and it can be public knowledge at my discretion. Mm-hmm. So I went with the public knowledge option. We just hang out in that corner of the holdfast, sure. Right, and no one just no one messes with us. That's our spot. <laughs> you don't sit in our spot, mm-hmm. and we can sort of reconvene there if things get hairy. Uh, so that those are the things that I that I added in, so you can have all of that stuff available.
3: Excellent. Thank you. You're welcome. So we need to add, for bone-bonded, for Senda's bone-bonded, we need to add a little bit. Right. Sorry, let me skip back there.
2: On the third page of your, of your PDF there, Senda, you'll see at the top there, there are some things you need to make for your giant. Your giant has some other details.
1: Giant name. I'm going to come back to that in a second. Because names. Oh, no. Whole grammar. Right, sure, yes, that sounds great. Whole Grimmer.
2: Giant names just get to be like the sound of of rocks breaking in your mouth.
1: just like <laughs> um, high concept I'm terrible at. Um should this this should be a high concept of like what
3: the giant was or now, or I think what they were, right? Like this is sort of who they were in life because it's they're they're still probably clinging to that a little.
2: And there's no wrong answer to that question, so.
3: I think, because this plays
1: off of my trouble nicely, I think that this giant was one of the, like, strongest in their particular, like, group. Mm -hmm. So they're very accustomed to being taken seriously, maybe even, like, a leadership role or something, but based on their, like, size and strength. Mm
3: -hmm.
1: Because that plays really nicely against the fact that I'm not (laughs)
0: that... (laughs)
1: and I feel like the giant could have some fun with that. So let me say, like, the big, strong leader. I don't know if that makes sense. Thoughts, friends? They're like a natural
2: leader. Yeah, or 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 ruler of my people. Oh, right. You can keep it vague. It just has to be something interesting.
1: I like that better. I'm going to put ruler of my people. Because I do feel like that's a good foil to um, Linny, who is, like, small and generally been ignored. Mm, Yeah. And who gets really pissy about it, to have, like, someone in her head who's like, what do you mean, just tell them to do this instead? And then she's like, well, I can't! <laughs> yes! Mm-hmm. Do you want to tell them? And then the giant's like, yes! <laughs> um, let's see, so their worldly desire. Um, oh, I really want to pick something good for this that's going to be entertaining to play with, and so, of course, I have no ideas at all. Could it be something like, um... They want to reclaim their wealth, so maybe they have a thing about hoarding valuable items. Mm. Mm-hmm. I would think so. They're stingy. Because maybe this as a leader previously, this giant had
3: some accumulation of worldly goods and items. Mm-hmm. That's good, because now I now I can tempt you with shiny, well, fancy things.
1: Oh yes. Oh please do. Yeah, um, I think not even just like only shiny things, but like anything that's rich, like you know the best cut of food and like um, all of that kind of stuff. The kind of the kind of things that you know royalty would expect mm-hmm. that I would not, and then I get to pick one approach that the giant gets at plus three,
2: mm-hmm. and it's a unique one. Okay, so it's it's not one of the six on the rest of the sheet. It is something that is different for your giant.
3: Hmm.
2: So like greedy is a fine approach.
3: Right. Yeah, I was thinking with your with their um, high concept, some kind of, like, imperious, you know, like a... Right. That's, uh... So, yeah, you could play easily into either or any other kind of drive of theirs. Should it be something that is
1: useful to me or something that will work against me? Or both. Or both. Or, like, entitled? Is that an approach? <laughs> yeah, I'm, like, entitled kind of seems like it might be the thing and i feel like like would you agree that i could attempt to use
3: that in a positive way also yeah because it it could come across as like confidence right
2: keep in mind that is an approach that only gets used when the bones are out right Mm. so a 30 foot tall giant skeleton acting entitled might look a certain way
3: (laughs) (laughs) um
0: you haven't convinced me that's a bad idea
2: (laughs) not trying to
1: (laughs) But there is a thing about it that it is like a, an approach that I get when I'm like in the bones. Mm, yeah.
2: And you could also use it if you are speaking with the giant's voice as with one of your stunts, right? Right.
1: Yeah, so I think I'm, I might go with entitled. I think that that seems reasonable because that is very much a, like a take mine thing. And I feel like there's a lot of ways that can be used when you're a 30 foot scary ass pile of bones. That can murder people? hmm Yeah. It's mine. Give it to me now. <laughs> mm-hmm. How dare you do this? I don't feel like dealing with you, Squish.
0: Yeah. Okay.
1: I'm going to go with that.
0: So for our approaches, we get
3: one at plus two, two at plus one. One at plus three, two at two, two at one, one at zero.
2: So uh, my guile is three. Uh, haste and intellect are two. Flare and Force are uh, 1, and Focus is 0. I'm just going to cut to the quick with this. I have spent three points of Refresh, and I have all the additional stunts. Okay. That the bandit gets.
0: So I'm thinking my Flare will be 3, my Focus 2, my Force 0, my Guile 2, my Haste 1, my Intellect 2. Because I get pluses to Guile uh, with some stunts. So I'm like, okay, I'm going to put my flare at three.
3: Okay, and your guile is at? Two. Okay, what's your zero? Force. So
0: just wait, I'm going to be stuck on the other side of an iron door. Absolutely. Why is it the person with the giant bones here?
2: (laughs) Yeah, that's when you choose to succeed at a cost, right? Uh (laughs) Uh-huh.
0: The cost being my arm is broken or something.
3: And then, Emily, we should talk about one of your stunts.
0: Yes. Do I have to spend... Can I just get everything? Like... Uh, probably. Yeah, because I, I really like the um the welcome tel- teller of tales. Okay. It's always marked unless you're branded a liar. Oh, that's a condition? Sorry.
2: The conditions you just have.
0: Yeah. Okay.
2: And you start with the stunts Immortalizer and an Open Ear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, Those you automatically have. Cool. But on the first page, there are optional stunts.
0: Oh, those are
3: optional stunts.
2: Yes. You can spend a refresh at character creation per additional stunt you wish to take.
3: So Immortalizer is what I was looking at, that we should take a seat. Because you get special access to a place, person, or information you otherwise would not be able to access without a role. Mm -hmm. Um, So we should figure out what that is. And you gain this access because of a promise to write a song or story about the being giving you this access
0: I mean do I have to choose right now because if I have to choose right now I'm just gonna be like the yarl
3: uh no I don't see why you should have to okay it's a one shot whenever it's most convenient right
2: yeah and and for what it's worth I have the bandit stunts do a lot of similar backstory filling things in okay so yeah
0: so fighting is fighting with words mm-hmm yeah, I definitely want the art of flighting, getting a plus two on guile, war, guile rolls when you are attacking someone with words.
2: Yeah, uh, flighting is why Loki got kicked out of Asgard.
0: Yeah. Because
2: mm-hmm. he did an entire takedown of the Norse pantheon, and then Thor showed up and punched him.
0: Right. I think I'm going to go... I can't take all of them, because I only have four refresh, and for refresh, can't go below one. So I can only take three. I'm, I know someone who can help. Flighting and Lorehound. That's what I'm taking.
2: All right. So like me, you're down to one refresh.
0: Yeah, which I, I honestly do not remember what it does, so that's fine.
2: It's how many fate points you start with.
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so here
2: come the compels.
0: Right? <laughs> I'll give up Lorehound. So I, I start with I start with two. So I've only got I know someone who can help in flighting.
1: The stunts that are listed on the first page of the character sheet, those are the optional ones, yeah? Mm-hmm. I am going to spend one of my refresh, and that is to take giant's presents. Oh no! I clicked on it and it turned sideways. Why did it do that?
2: Um, actually, you already have giant's Presence. Oh, do I? Uh, so on on the sheet under in the stunts box at the bottom. Yeah. You start with Giant's Presence, Knowledge of the Ages.
1: Oh, okay. Those are the ones that I start with.
2: Yes. And then you can take the others. Reshape the Bones is listed on there twice, and that's just a mistake on my part.
1: Sorry, sorry. I misread. I was t- I said the words the first page, but I actually meant the second page. Aha. Uh-huh. Because I am a crazy person.
2: The first page has, has your extra stuff on it. Yeah, I gotcha. So that's where you get next to the gods in power and so on and so forth.
3: And, Senda, if you have picked your approaches.
1: I have. Are you ready? Yes. Okay, so I'm going to do plus three force. I know you're all shocked. (laughs) Um, Plus two flair and guile. Uh, Plus one haste and intellect. And plus zero for focus. Excellent.
3: Sounds about right. It seemed about right. So we have a group with poor focus and a lot of guile. (laughs) My focus is pretty good. You're the only one. Yeah. <laughs> I'm
1: gonna take the bonfire channeler stunt so that I can summon the soul fire even when I'm not in my giant's bones. Because I can do this I get plus one to create advantages and overcome using flare when I punctuate my words or actions with dancing flames. Yes. Yes <laughs> all of the
0: yes. Your hair just lights up as bonfire.
1: <laughs> That's gonna happen. It's
3: too cool not to take So I think That is about it, if I'm not mistaken. How are you feeling, Tracy?
2: I'm very excited about this. Good. Because I have not had anyone play the bandit yet, I'm probably going to, like, fiddle with all the knobs and dials.
0: Oh, fair.
2: That is fine. Without, like, forcing it in the story, I I want to try and, like use all of the abilities at least once, if I can.
3: Okay. And that's actually a pretty fair question for Emily and Senda, too. What What would you like to do in this game? That's a good question. It's okay if you don't have an answer.
0: I would like to find out in character that Grin is the one who betrayed me. Mm-hmm. Because at this point, I feel like we might not be friends, but... It's definitely like okay, I I know you so, and I might I probably hang around his table a lot because they have good stories. The bandits, um, and so, are, but I do have a question, Tracy. Are you a bandit or grin? I should say, are you a bandit for our Jarl, or are you just kind of a bandit?
2: The intent of the bandit uh, destiny is that they are they operate on the fringes of society, so. I am not someone uh good people associate with. Mm. The thing I wanted to explore with a bandit is the give and take that any bandit in like a medieval society needed to have because you've only got so much you can do with things that you steal and you have to have a society to steal from. So like there's a condition that like when you're when my desperation track runs out, right, and I get to mark that to do different things, I have to mark a condition called sucker that means I have to go back mm. and seek shelter, food, aid, and support from the local community and, like, take on debts to do that. Right. I have to owe people things that there's an inevitable connection to society. So the bandit gets to ride high for a while uh-huh. and then, and then, like, they have to, to do some real sh- some real shit for people before they can start riding high again. So no, I do not work for the Jarl. Okay. Sorry, that was a very long answer to a very simple question. <laughs> he puts up with you. Yeah, because at a certain level, even the bandit is part of the holdfast. And you weren't
3: always a bandit.
2: Used to be a huskarl.
3: Yeah, there may be something useful about keeping you around. Exactly. Especially
0: if there's an em- emissary from Yennefer at least, if not also Elspeth
3: Elsbeth. Mhm. Oh yeah, is is our emissary Kelvin from our from the same holdfast that you all were kicked out of? I left of my own volition.
0: And my own choice. Just because I was being chased by a bunch of people who were trying to kill me doesn't mean that I didn't leave by my own choice. Wait, it was your choice to leave mm-hmm. before they killed you. That's a smart choice. Yes.
3: It's a good
1: choice.
2: I'll let you think what you want to think about how I left and why.
0: <laughs> we'll find out later, maybe. I'm sure people think all <laughs> sorts of things. But yeah, definitely what I want to do is I want to discover in character that he was the one who betrayed
2: me. They were the one.
3: They sorry, sorry.
2: It's okay. I'm still getting used to that in my real life, so don't don't worry.
3: And Senda, is there anything in or out of character that you would like to do with this game? Either like like Emily's got some in-character stuff that she wants to figure out and Tracy's going to punch at some mechanics and see how they hold up. I well, I don't know. I the thing that I will tell you I'm most
1: excited about is My bone transformation and, like, having fun with um, both transforming with that and then also I really like the idea of playing with the relationship of the giant in my head and, like, having to, like, work around that to function as the sort of almost part of society that I am because I am kind of an outcast already. (laughs) So like trying to like trying to control that. Um, I think those are the. So I guess playing right into the bone bonded is is sort of what what's really interesting to me about this character and, and going into this game. If that helps you,
3: yes, it does. Thank you.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: I also named. I took the liberty and named our holdfast, <laughs> oh. as well <laughs> as the holdfast that both Yelva and I came from. Uh, so we are Stonehame mm-hmm. uh, Stonehome. Uh, we have the stone we need to make these roads, obviously. Right. And the other holdfast is Yarnheim, which is Iron Home.
3: Cool. So we start by coming up with our first scene, which I've I've got some thoughts on where we can start. Unless anybody has something that they want to explore right away.
2: Uh, I do because I just want to get at least one thing established. Mm-hmm. I've got the stunt ill gotten gains, mm-hmm. and it's it's. I get to create an aspect that that reflects some type of score that me and my crew have recently gotten. Okay. And so I just thought that that even before the first scene, maybe I just wanted to to figure out what that was Mm. and mark the boxes so it's already in existence Mm -hmm. uh, and in play when we begin.
3: Okay, cool. I like that.
2: Given the current circumstances, I'm going to say that what we have gained is not material goods because those are in, in short supply around the holdfast and I wouldn't be able to steal them easily. What I've gained is knowledge. Despite everything else that I've known, I think if it's not too much, I would like the aspect to be uh, Secrets of Yarnheim because they're coming to us. Mm. The emissary is here. Yeah. And I'm not part of their world anymore. I'm not part of... Like, I, I straddle these worlds. Sure. And I get four invocations on that because I marked two boxes of my desperation track.
3: Mm.
2: Like, we invested a lot of resources into gathering this information. Okay. And then I'll spend out the invokes as appropriate uh, situationally. Okay. Does that sound good to you?
3: Yeah, I like that.
2: All right, so... Secrets of Yarnheim... Uh, and I'm putting that on the uh, the fifth sheet there. I've got my invokes on it now. Cool. And uh, I'll also just put in smaller text my name so we know whose aspect it originally was. Perfect. I've got some secrets of yarn Yarnheim. <laughs> Beyond that, I don't have a, a need for the first scene. I just wanted to sort of get that. Out in the mix. Excellent.
3: Okay, I'll put it out there again. If and if anybody had an idea for something that they want the first scene to be, I am cool with that. Otherwise, um, my thought was to just have things kind of the evening in the Mead Hall. We've got our emissary. That's exactly where I was going to go. Seems like a good opener, right? Because we're all going to be there. Yep. Uh, and we've got our emissary, Kelvin. Most of the holdfast agrees with his proposal, so I think he's doing a little bit of preaching to the choir. You know, holding holding a little bit of court there in the mead hall and talking about the advantages of building a road to to Yarnhome. All of, all of the um, the benefits that could be had if only there was a road between us and everybody is is uh at least it. Was, it those folks in his immediate surroundings are, are very into it. As for whatever is happening in the rest of the Mead Hall, especially uh, Grin's
2: Corner, I'm sure, is not as enraptured with this fellow. No, we're uh, we're sitting around uh, casting runestones uh, like we would dice, right? There's some kind of game that we're playing. But we're so low on goods and supplies in the Holdfast that we're actually betting... Like little hard tech pellets, right? Like we're betting food mm-hmm. because things are so are so tight right now that like a copper coin's not going to do anything for us. If you can't buy anything with it, it's not worth anything. Okay. So yeah, we're not paying. We're not. We're not paying attention to the emissary. Forget that guy.
3: He's a nerd.
0: Uh, let me think here. We've got a jock. Mm-hmm. We've got a whatever you want to call the the bandit
2: uh auto auto shop
0: <laughs> auto shop oh my god <laughs> i'm banned yeah i'm the one getting the swirl <laughs> yeah yep sorry about that did i just build myself nerd, nerd. well except for the <laughs> compulsive liar part <laughs> that didn't come until later in my life
3: <laughs> as far as we know yeah so is yelva in the mead hall in the evenings here's what i'm wondering about yes
0: So, Kelvin was sent by Mm Yennefer, who I was a spy for, Mm -hmm. but but may not be on good terms, because I got run out, discovered something, Mm -hmm. and so it's like, do I really want Kelvin to know that I'm here? Mm. Maybe Kelvin and I were friends. Maybe. I don't know. But I also need to earn my keep, because the only way I get room and board is through songs and storytelling and news bringing so mm-hmm. i am probably if it is a you know a rowdy friday night at the mead hall i am probably going around asking people for songs they'd like to hear
2: dedications a, a little bit into the evening uh, probably after the emissary has like said his piece and mm-hmm. and just the general carousing of the evening is going on Grin looks across the mead hall, and in just a very obvious, meant-to-draw-attention-to-her kind of way, just shouts out, Skald! Yelva! Give us a song of Yarnheim! And, like, enough to try and, like, cut through everything. The entire
0: place goes quiet.
2: We have an emissary here.
0: Which one would you like, Grin of the Fells, my good friend?
2: Give us the song... Of the spurned lovers,
0: and so I cue up on the lyre a little bit and start singing. It's it's a beautiful sad ballad about lovers from the warring clan from two supposedly warring clans up there. But I change the ending because the ending's sad, where they both die. So I change the ending to they run away together.
2: Aww. So you 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 do that right? Yeah. And then grin. Shouts like because the people of the Holdfast want this partnership, right? Mm-hmm. They want they want this this truce with Yarnham and a road to go there, and so Grin shouts out, "You see, Jarl, not everything has to be sadness and tears. Why not a road?" Yeah, and all I'm trying and all I'm trying to do is just stir the pot.
3: Yeah, exactly, and I I think that the Jarl. Definitely looks very. the the discomfort is noticeable. There's no outright no, you know, he's not gonna. Uh, but he he it's, it's a it's a half-hearted sort of uh you know raising of his of his glass along with the rest of you, just sort of a nod, like he's probably gonna sneak out here soon.
0: <laughs> I launch into the anti-road campaign song because I don't want a road. <laughs> We hope you enjoyed episode 85 of She's a Super Geek. If you liked what you heard, please go ahead and give us five stars and a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or any other podcast app. Find us online at SASGeek.com and on Twitter at SASGeekPodcast. You can find Ironetta on Kickstarter starting today, July 24th, 2018. Our theme song is Rock and Roll Play Baby by Kieran Strange. Find more music, tour dates, and merchandise. Online at kieranstrange.com or on Twitter at kieranstrange. If you like She's a Super Geek, please check out other podcasts from the Misdirected Mark Network, like Gnomecast. Several gnomes from Gnome Stew get together to talk about a gaming topic and themselves a bit, in an effort to avoid being thrown into the stew and entertaining you. Thanks for listening.